Well, for the last day of 2018, I thought I'd take us to the Old Testament, to the book of Micah. If you don't know where that is, that's just after Jonah. Does that help? (laughs) Old Testament, so you can look it up in your Bibles. And for this Sunday and next Sunday, I'll be in this book. It's not an in-depth study of this book. I am just looking at two specific um, passages in this book as encouragement that the Lord has put on my heart. And then uh, the next four weeks, Lord willing, after that we'll be in John chapter 15 as we start the new year. And we look at that great passage of, I am the vine, you are the branches. Because that's a great passage to start a year in that foundation. And so that's what the Lord has put on my heart as well. And so we're going to see what he does. It's exciting times as we open the word, as we come into new year and see what the Lord would have for us as a whole church and as individuals before him. So, the book of Micah, have you found it yet? Good. Or scroll to it, that's easy. uh, Micah chapter 1, and um, I'll come to chapter 4, so I'm just giving you a bit of intro. Michael chapter 1 verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. So those should give you a few clues where we're at now. We're talking about Samaria, future of Samaria and Jerusalem, and specifically Judah and their future. I'll come back to those details. Now, chapter 4, verse 1 to 7 is the passage I'd like us to look at today. It's a prophetic passage. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and shall decide for strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God for ever and ever. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted, and the lame I will make the remnant, and those who were cast off a strong nation, and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. And then I want you to turn to chapter 5 and two verses here. Chapter 5 verse 2. And we've just celebrated the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it was prophesied many hundreds of years before. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, 
who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth to me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. And then verse 5 of 4. And he that is the Messiah, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. What a great book. Well, we've come to the end of 2018, and we are at about to start off 2019, if the Lord gives us tomorrow. What seeds have you been sowing this, this year, in 2018? Has the past year been good to you? Maybe it has. Maybe you've sold a house or you've bought a house. Wanganui is good for buying houses. The property price has gone up and maybe you managed to do that. And you've already made a profit. Or maybe you've reached that golden nirvana age of 65 and you've gone into retirement. And it's not all cut out, you thought. Or maybe you've completed your degree this year and your studies at school and at uni. And yes, this year has been great. Or maybe you've started a new job and it's worked out for you. It's going alright. You've settled into it, you've got to know your colleagues and things are good. Or perhaps this year, 2018, has been a year you'd rather just forget. It's been the worst year you've encountered. And that could be for various reasons. Many of us have lost loved ones this year among us. Some have been for major operations this year. Your children could be on your mind and they're not walking with the Lord and it really pains you as a parent and you keep praying for them. There could be personal issues you've been struggling with and 2018 would rather be a year you just forget. But the question I repeat to you is what seeds have you been sowing this year of 2018? Have there been good seeds or bad seeds? Have you been sowing good seeds for the future through your obedience to the Lord and His principles for living? Or have you perhaps been sowing the seeds of destruction because of living in constant disobedience before the Lord or maybe not even knowing Him at all? See, many times we live our lives, and I'm speaking to believers now, and we cut, the ed- we cut the corners all the time. God says live in a specific way. We cut the corners as much as we can just to, we think, stay out of trouble. Or we make excuses for sin, sowing seeds that will lead to destruction. You see, we need to be sure of this. Whatever seeds we sow, Scripture says we will reap what we sow. So what has this year been like for you, 2018? It's important to look back on this year and to evaluate it before we go into the next year. You see, the one year affects the other. It's like chucking a pebble into a pond. The ripples expand right across the year into the next. We will live the consequences of what we've sown. might be this year coming. Good and bad. 
Or maybe you're just one of those, I live in the now people. Every day you just live as it comes, no thought of the past, no thought of the future. You live every day just as it comes. That's just human wisdom. Famous guy, famous dead guy. He lived from 1921 to 1989. Earl Nightingale, he was an American entertainer. You might know of him. He said this, Learn to enjoy every minute of your life. True. Be happy now. True. Don't wait for something outside of yourself to make you happy in the future. I know what he's saying. But there is only one big, major source of happiness and he is outside of us. So we must look to him. And that's where godly wisdom comes in. And then, of course, if you want to talk about wisdom, Albert Einstein, famous physicist, died in 1955. He said this, I love Einstein's quotes, The future is an unknown. Yes and no. But a somewhat predictable unknown. Somewhat. I love this. To look to the future, we must first look back upon the past. That is where the seeds of the future were planted. Very true. And then I love the old throwaway line. I never think of the future. It comes soon enough. Einstein. You see, Micah the prophet, the one we've just looked at, Micah the prophet was appointed by the Lord to give the nation of Judah a verbal evaluation from God's perspective of their past, their present and their future. So he was a man of the time who was to bring them this evaluation from God's perspective on how they had been living, they're living before God now and what would happen as a result of those seeds they had sown. And then he had to prophesy about those seeds that would sprout into their future. So that was his mission. So Micah, who was he? Just a little bit of background, very shortly. You can do some study in your own time. His name means, who is like the Lord our God? It's a statement that's not a question. He was a prophet who lived in Judah. From, he lived from 737 to 696 B.C. He was one of 12 minor prophets. It doesn't mean any less importance. It just means they wrote a little less. Okay. He was a contemporary of the prophets Isaiah, who was a major prophet. He wrote lots. And you might know about Isaiah. And he was a contemporary of Amos and Hosea. He prophesied during the reigns of kings Jotham, Ahaz, and the well-known Hezekiah. And Micah's role was to rebuke the leaders and the people of Judah and to prophesy about the destruction of Jerusalem and Samaria, and then the future restoration of Zion or Jerusalem, and the establishment of God's kingdom. So that was his role. He had to come and rebuke the people for their sins, but also he had to point to hope that was there for them. It always goes together. Alright, we've seen that. Those of us in the men's group who have studied through the book of Isaiah, when God brings judgment, there's always a word of hope there. The two are always there. Nothing's changed. And so he had to speak about their judgment, but also the hope that was available for them. You see, for the people in, in Micah's time, life was really good. They had had a good year. They'd actually had a good 500 years. 
It was a time of prosperity, as 2018 might have been for you. However, all was not well. The people had been breaking their covenant with God for the past 500 years too. And yes, life had been good to them from their perspective, but they had been breaking the covenant between them and God for 500 years. And so Micah is on the scene. How had they done that? The wealthy were oppressing the poor, as happens in 2018. The people were being dishonest with their Lord with respect to their personal lives with Him. They brought in idolatry. They were worshipping the idols of the surrounding nations. They were also worshipping themselves, the major idol. As happens in 2018. The spiritual leaders of Israel, the ones who were supposed to give them spiritual direction, they'd been demanding backhanders from the people to bring them prophecies of happiness. If you pay me enough, I'll give you a good prophecy. And so they'd become rich. The spiritual leaders, the priests. And if you give me enough payment, then I will give you promises of God's protection on you. So the more you pay, the better the promises. That's what they've been doing. And so in general, life was good for most of the people. But they'd been sowing the seeds of destruction for their future. And Micah brings God's message that their immediate future will be one of destruction and not prosperity. Yes, it might be going well now, but immediately before you, you're going to face destruction because of what you've done. Why? It's because of this truth which doesn't change and it still remains the same in 2018. Here it is. God must confront and judge the evil among His people. He can't overlook it and excuse it. God cannot excuse sin. Why? Because He is a holy God. He is the one who is without sin. If He excused just the smallest of sins, He would no longer be a holy God anymore. And that can't be. And so He can't. He has to deal with sin. However, with the words of warning is a message of hope. And here's the second truth, which remains unchanging, yes, even in 2018 now, going into 2019. And that's this, that yes, while God brings judgment for sin, His covenant love and His promises are more powerful than any evil. He will forgive sin too, forever. So have you taken those truths on board? And those are the same truths that Micah was putting before the people. And then he was bringing them a promise. A royal deliverer would be born in Bethlehem and he would ensure that a kingdom for God's faithful elect would be established. And that's exactly what happened. That's why we had Christmas. A faithful deliverer was born, the Messiah. And he is busy establishing the kingdom of God on this earth. And when he returns, that will all be fulfilled. The whole story will be complete. And that's why I showed that DVD this morning of the whole story of God. Because it affects us, you and me. So what does Micah do to bring hope for the people in that present situation? You see, he's telling them about their sins and what they've been doing wrong for the 500 years. But he doesn't leave it at that. He brings them hope. How does he do that? That's what I was interested in, in God's Word. He brings them a picture of 
the future. And as we, in 2018 and whatever your year might have been like, get a picture of the future. You say, but I don't know what that is. Well, no, and you do. We've got some picture of the future, and that's what we're going to look at here. Same picture that Micah was showing them. He paints to them a picture of the future which brings them hope, purpose, and direction. Now go to your texts. We're just going to skim through here, all right? Self-study for the rest. Chapter 4, verse 1. It shall come to pass in the latter days, that's always speaking later, and in this case, to the future days, that the mountain of the Lord, that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills. Now, what's all this mountain stuff all about? Well, as you see, the people of the ancient days, of those times, would go up to the high places to worship their gods. They'd go up to the mountains. But, he says, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. God will do this. He will establish the house of the Lord as the place where people will come and worship. It will be lifted up as the highest mountain. And what will happen? People will flow to this place to worship God. Now that's been misinterpreted today. And so they see the whole pulling back of people back to the nation of Israel and to Jerusalem as, yes, this is what's happening. And partly, yes, it is what is happening, but it's not the full story. God is going to establish His kingdom again. And He is bringing the nations to Him. He's bringing people from all nations to Him. Filipinos, South Africans, even Zimbabweans. He's bringing all of us to Him. Because He is establishing His kingdom from the nations. And He will draw us all together. And it's going to be in His new Jerusalem. Where God will be among His people. And I'm not going through the whole of Revelation now again. But you get that drift. God will establish His kingdom. And that's what's being spoken about here. His future kingdom. And then all people shall flow to it because God is bringing them. He is gathering His people to Himself. He will bring the nations. He will bring His remnant into His kingdom. Says verse 1 and 2. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Why? So that He may teach us His ways, so that we may walk in His paths. Why are they coming? So that God Himself, who is in the midst of them, will teach them His ways, so that they can walk in His ways. It doesn't mean there's going to be any evil those days, when God's kingdom is established. But we will all be walking in His ways, and still being taught by God. Every day. Because we can't know everything. Then we'd be God. Verse 3. Oh, sorry. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God Himself will be among His people teaching. And He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore. What's this all about? Verse 3 is describing God's perfect rule which will extend across His whole kingdom and there will be total peace. There will be no more war in the kingdom of God when He returns. There will be no more need for swords, for spears, for machine guns, for atomic and nuclear missiles. 
There will be no more need to learn the art of warfare. Because God will bring perfect peace under His rule. And His perfect peace will allow every man to sit under His vine and His fig tree. Now that was symbolic for the plushness of life when God blesses. I can sit under my vine, the harvest has been brought in, and I can enjoy the fruits of my labor because God has blessed me. I can sit under my fruit trees, I can sit under that beautiful fig tree, beautiful ripe figs, and I can enjoy the fruits of my labor because God has blessed me. Do you see the picture here? God blesses His people and the peace He brings is perfect in His kingdom. But all is not well, verse 5. The reality is, for all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but then the resolve, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. So what's the reality in Micah's day? All the people weren't there yet. The reality of Micah's day and why he needed to remind them of what the Lord is going to do is that the nations and the people amongst themselves were each following their own God. They were either worshipping themselves or the gods of the nations around them. Sin had crept into the nation over these 500 years. That was the reality. But God would bring His remnant and they would bring the resolve, we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And it's the same in this year. We've come to the end of 2018. If you look around us at our society, every man and woman follows their own gods. The gods have crept in among the church. Many among the church follow their own gods. They've sinned like the people of Micah's time. You and I are numbered amongst those. Don't point the finger at anyone else. Who lives a perfect life before the Lord? I don't. There are gods in our lives. God has said, Resolve before me. I will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Why? Because of these promises God's made to me. Will I forget them? Will I forget what God has said? Look at verse 6 and 7. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted. Note, God brought that. And those who were cast off will become a strong nation and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. What are some of these promises God has made? He has promised that He will do for the lame and the outcast of that day what He has promised. The lame He will make to walk again. There will be no sickness and suffering in His kingdom. The lame will be made to walk again. The outcast, those who have been rejected by society, and you might feel like one of those today, they will be brought in to the kingdom of God. No one will be excluded if they haven't. No one will be excluded from the kingdom. if they have bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. God will assemble them. Who's the active party? God will do this. The zeal of the Lord will do this. And what does he say here? The mouth of the Lord our God has spoken this. In the old days, when those kings spoke something, whatever they said was written into law and immediately enacted. That's the picture here. When God speaks, it happens. Who speaks? God of hosts, the Lord of the armies has spoken. Therefore, it will happen. And so we can trust Him.
So I want to ask you this morning, when we read about this kingdom and you've heard about the kingdom of God and everything that's coming and, and yes, you've had a bad year this year and, and you'd rather it just ended, would you be part of God's future kingdom? If that picture is put ahead of you, does that help you at all? As we come to this crossover from 2018 to 2019, use this as a point of decision and a point of resolve before the Lord. And I'm not just talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about a spiritual resolve, a persistence that I will serve the Lord, so help me God. I will refuse to allow the things that have happened in this year to get the best of me and just to carry on in that trend. I will look to the Lord and I will look to the hope that He has sketched before my eyes and I will look to Him because my hope is in the God of Israel, the one who is the creator of the mountains. I will look to Him for my help. Use this point as a point of renewed commitment to God. How do we do that? I want to just do under the so what of this, bring you three points of navigation which really helped me. I know it's about flying again, but there we go. So here's three points of navigation to help you. First points, where are you now? Where are you now in your spiritual life? You see, when I'm flying a plane, if I want to know where I'm going to go, I need to know where I'm now, otherwise it doesn't help where I'm going. I'll be completely lost. doesn't matter what I input into my computer or, or with my slide rule or whatever. I'll be lost because I don't know where I am. You need to pinpoint where you are and then you've got a starting point. Where are you in your spiritual life at the end of 2018 on the 30th of December? Where are you before God? You need to know your location. Make an honest evaluation of your life. Not where do people think you are. Where are you before God? He can see your heart. Are you in Christ? Or outside of Christ. There's only those two positions that you can be. In Christ or in rebellion to Christ. Outside of Him. You've never bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. The second point that you do when you want to navigate from one place to the other is once you know where you are is where do I want to go? It helps. Otherwise you just fly in circles, right? Where do I want to go? Where are you headed? You see, if you don't know where you're headed, you just drift. And in life, if you don't know where you're headed, you just drift from one experience to the other, one experience to the next, just where life takes you. A bit like a dog owner being taken for a drag by its own dog. Is life taking you for a drag? If you do not know where you are headed in life, you will drift. If I want to know where I'm headed... At least I know that when I know where I'm headed, I can set my present course and then as I set my course, I can alter my way as I go. But I know where I'm headed. Is your heading at the end of 2018 on this day, are you headed for an eternity with Jesus Christ in His kingdom or are you headed for an eternity without Jesus Christ in hell? Those are the two destinations. That's all. There is no in-between. Where are you headed? Honestly before God. And then when you know where you, you are and where you're headed, then set your course. So take action. It doesn't help knowing where I want to go and wanting to go there, but 
not doing anything about it. Because you'll just drift. You'll run out of fuel. Same in life. Set your course. Take action. Don't just think about it. You see, delay and inaction has brought destruction to so many in life. They thought they would do something about it, but they never did. If you know that you are going to a specific destination, if you know that you want to be with Christ in heaven and be part of this kingdom of peace, which we've just just described in Micah chapter 4, then do something about it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different result, right? Why be insane? If you want a different result, do something about it today. Don't go into 2019 thinking things will change when you haven't sown the right seeds. You will end up with the wrong fruit. So how do I do this, Calvin? Show me. How do I set my course? Well, the good news is you don't need a flight computer because they're quite hard to work. You don't need a GPS because some people find that even harder. Scripture is your map. The Holy Spirit will be your daily guide. How do I know where to go? Set your life by the principles God has given you in His Word. (coughs) And as you walk your life every single day, look to the help of the Holy Spirit to help you to understand and to apply how you go. And when you find your life a little bit of course, then change that course as the Holy Spirit allows you to do that and as He forgives you for what you've just committed before Him. But change your course and reach the final destination. Use the equipment God has given you in this life. And if you do that in 2019, then you can be assured of the destination that you will reach. It doesn't matter when it happens. It could happen any time during 2019. Or it could happen in 2029. God knows. But the same result will happen if you trust what God has given you. Trust His Word. Allow the Holy Spirit to make it active in your life. And that means that you might have to align your life to God's Word every day. You might have to bring in good habits. You might have to get rid of bad habits with the help of the Holy Spirit. You might have to bring in disciplines in your life that aren't there now, that you've got slack in. You might have to bring those in to help you along your way. What are some of those things that you've got a bit slack in this past year and you're paying the price now? Realign yourself. Get back on course. Believers, Get back on course. The world is too much among the church. I'll repeat that. The world is too much among the church. Come out from among them, my people, says the Lord in Revelation. And be pure, because I am holy. And I am a holy God. That's the first thing. Second thing is, there is hope. Because I know, I'm going to walk out of this place, and not even later today, but a little later today, as they say in South Africa, just now, I'm going to be doing something wrong again. It's what happens. I'm sure it's your story too. There's hope for us, you see, because in Micah there's this verse, which is a promise. Micah chapter 7 verse 19. This is it. This is your hope for 2019. Are you listening? Once again you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the sea. Praise the Lord for verses like that. 
I'm going to need that verse in 2019 and a little later in this year. Hold on to these verses. And the third point is this, the last one. What seeds will you sow in 2019? Will you sow good seed for the future or bad seed of destruction? We all sow seeds every day in every action we take. We are sowing seed. It's good or bad. And we will reap those consequences. Will you walk and be following your own gods in 2019? Or will you resolve before God today with His help to walk in the name of the Lord your God forever and ever and into His kingdom? So help me, God. So help us, God, as a church before Him in this community. Let's pray. Lord, You've brought us safely. We might not be unharmed, but we are safely through to the 30th of December 2018. And that is all because of the Lord our God. Lord, thank you for these promises in your word that you will gather all your remnant to yourself, that all those who have bowed the knee to Jesus Christ, you will bring into your kingdom. But Lord, you've also said that all those who do not follow you, you will be the judge of those. And Lord, I plead for all those who do not yet know Jesus Christ that today, the second last day of this year, will be the day when they find Jesus Christ as their Savior and acknowledge Him to be the only God to be served. God, above all gods. And that they would come and find the truth about who You are and eventually bow the knee to Jesus as their Savior. Do Your work, I pray. And Lord, for those of us who are believers here, thank you that you brought us safely here. And Lord, as we get ready for another year, if you would give us that year, Lord, may we dedicate that life to you. May we dedicate that year to you. May we dedicate every day of our lives to you in this next year. And may we live it to honor Jesus Christ so that those around us may see that Jesus lives and be drawn to him too. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. And Lord, we plead for your mercies and we hold fast to your promises because of who you are, Almighty God, Lord of the armies, the one who is the unchanging God, Almighty. Amen.